Hi, my name is Liz, and I'm the creator and writer behind the blog Open Mouths Get Fed. And now, I am the host of the official OMGF podcast. Thanks for listening. If you read my blog, then you know that I have a lot to say about everything. After reading one too many 2,000-word posts, my ever-supportive friends suggested that my long-windedness was well-suited for a podcast. Translation, we don't want to read all that. As a writer, I will admit that I was a tad bit wounded, but my friends were not wrong. Talking is actually faster than writing anyways. The idea for the podcast rolled around in my brain for a couple of months until a Facebook post set it free. I was so inspired, I hit up its author immediately to ask if I could interview her for a podcast episode, and she graciously agreed. You've likely never heard of her, unless you're one of her friends, and if you are, thank you for listening. We've never actually met in person, but we've been friends for years thanks to the beauty of these interwebs. We met on the BGLO website, Divine Nine, and progressed to the ultimate level of friendship, Facebook. She's a veteran, a career woman, and a 100% kick-ass person. So without further ado, here's my interview with first OMGS podcast guest, Evie and Wasili. I hope you enjoy. Hi, how are you? I am doing very well on this beautiful Sunday night. How about Thank yourself? you so much for having me. Oh, gosh, no. I have been looking forward to this all week because I think that you have an amazing story. And I want everyone to hear it. So yeah. um, here's what we're going to do. We are going to try to tell the last year of your life in 30 minutes because <laughs> nobody got time to be listening to some hour-long podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to keep it tight. I am going to start. I'm going to start a stopwatch. I am going to. Started at 30 minutes, and when it dings, we know that means we you shut done. up. We're done. You're out of here. <laughs> okay, let's see here. All right, we've got on 30 minutes, and let's go. So, EVA, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live now, what you do? Great. Okay, so my name is EVA. I am originally from Nigeria. I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. Migrated um, to the U.S. with my mom and my two brothers in 1998 to Maryland, where I went to, I finished my high school in Centennial High School. Ended up going to college, University of Pittsburgh. Okay. And from there, graduated, worked a little, went back, got my master's degree in management, and I live now in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I work for uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield as a uh, consultant. Basically, I do management consulting. That's awesome. So you can get me a deal on my premium um, when my COBRA, (laughs) you know, payments kick in. So we're going to chat about that. I only work with employers who are administering health plans for their employees. So I cannot help you on the individual market. Sorry. Okay, so wait. If I hire like a little kid to wash my dishes, can then I be considered an employer? (laughs) Well, I only work on in the national market. So you would have to have a couple thousand employees. 
before I would be able to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get back to you on that one. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk to you because about a week ago, you posted on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I spend way too much time on Facebook, and you went in, and you took it there. So I am going to take a second and mm-hmm. pull this up. You know, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm always ranting about something. No, this one I this one was very close to my heart because mm-hmm. it was about yeah. financial preparedness and mm-hmm. oh, girl. It just it was everything because so often, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a woman in my 30s, healthy, living my life. You're a woman in your 30s, living your life mm-hmm. and we don't we don't think about these we things. We don't think and, about, you know, yeah, because we're so young. We're so young still. I mean, I'm, we're not 20 anymore. <laughs> but if you think about how much time we have before we start considering retirement, you know, that's about 30 years. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah, like from where we are right now, yeah. it's still about, you're right, like if standard retirement age is 65 and young retirement mm-hmm. is 59 and a half, um, if you're, you know, doing the normal thing, then we've still got at least another, yeah, it's about 30 years on us. So yeah. you are very right. We're going to be out in these streets. Now, I'm not trying to be out in these work streets for another 30 years. I'm trying to, <laughs> I am trying to become financially independent so that I can retire early. But, mm-hmm. you know, stuff happens and um, you are a testament to that. So yeah. my goodness. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right. On December 8th, you said, per statistics, one in two men and one in three women will develop cancer in their lifetime. According to the Federal Reserve Board, 43% of Americans could not meet an unexpected expense of $400. Every 34 seconds, an American has a coronary event. Every 40 seconds, an American has a stroke. Wow. That is mm-hmm. one good research. I love facts. And two, sobering, because we often think that things like cancer and coronary events are either things that happen to old people or yeah. things that happen to very few people. And one in three is, that's like putting me and my three best friends together and like... Knowing that one of you... One of us is going to have... To experience is going to develop it. cancer in our life, in our lifetime. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you go mm-hmm. on to say... I know we do not like to examine our own mortality, but I have said it before and I will say it again. If you are working and earning a paycheck and you're not evaluating your financial health on a consistent but at least annual basis, then you're setting yourself up for failure. It's not enough to just save because during a medical crisis, you will swim through your savings like Phelps during an Olympic race. Girl, you need to guess post on my blog. (laughs) Do you have life insurance? In case anything happens to you, so your family doesn't have to go fund me your funeral. Mm. This right here ain't nothing but a word. Because how many mm-hmm. times have you seen on Facebook? How many? Every time somebody is doing a GoFundMe for health expenses, funeral expenses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just gave to a GoFundMe for somebody I did not know, but it was a Cornell student, a young Cornell student, 18 years old, off to college wound up swimming in the gorges, and wound up dying. 
don't swim in the gorges if you're at Cornell University, you will die. Um, I felt so horrible for his family. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's so unexpected and you don't expect to lose somebody at 18. But mm-hmm. I've said um, on several occasions, as soon as you hit 18, you need an estate plan that includes life insurance and a health care mm-hmm. proxy at the very least, even if you own nothing, because anything could happen. Could happen. So, yeah. yeah. Then you go, then you peel back another layer and ask, do you have disability insurance in case you get sick or injured and can't work for a few months? That will pay your that will pay you every month because short term disability is fifty percent of your regular salary. And if you already paycheck to paycheck, hashtag doomsday. Diabetes is one of the most expensive illnesses. When I when I got it for my steroids, my copay every time I had to refill my medications was three hundred dollars. This doesn't include other copays, deductibles, and out of pocket expenses. Just ask yourself this question: If anything critical were to happen to you today financially, would you be okay? If the answer is no, then you know what you need to do. You can get life insurance for what you spend on coffee in a month. You can get your critical illness disability insurance for just a little bit more. Get it while you are healthy. So what made you post that? Well, I had to look at my experience, and, you know, we talked a little bit before, and, you know, I was very, very blessed. It could have been a lot worse if I didn't have certain things in place. And, you know, I have friends. I have a friend who bought a house this year. And, you know, we were talking because, you know, he bought the house. Then he put about 30 k into renovations, and most of it was on credit card. And, you know, and him and his girlfriend and her child, they live together. And, you know, and I'm talking to him like, you know, do you guys have life insurance because if anything would happen to you, Ty needs to be taken care of. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I don't have it yet, but, you know, as soon as I pay off this debt, I'm going to start working on that. So, you know, just talking to different people, especially people my age or younger, it's like, well, it's not something I've started working on. And it just made me realize that, you know, a lot of people are not prepared for the worst. And I understand why, but it's just shocking. So I want to ask you, like, Mm -hmm. what was the worst that happened to you? Okay. Well, I have always been a very active individual. You know, I was always Miss CrossFit, you know, Orange Theory, workout five times a week. So I always thought I was healthy. Only thing yeah, is, I, I used to get these headaches. Exactly. I saw that bikini I saw that, that like laid out with your head back with like the bathing suit on the beach in the water just yeah, splashing on you I, with your flat I was stomach. I very proud of that, of my active Girl. lifestyle. And you know, see, but, I was very jealous of that. You see how we, we're right in here. <laughs> see how it works? And I just thought, oh, yeah. I have more stuff I need to work on. I need to lose weight here and there. And, you know, those were my worries at the time, trying to, you know, get in better shape. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew I used to have these migraines and they, you know, sometimes they were bad, sometimes they weren't so bad. I can work on them with some ibuprofen. So I did an MRI. They found a benign tumor, which was no big deal. As you know, those you don't operate on them until it's really Mm -hmm. time to operate on them. So I decided to, it was it started to get bigger towards the end of last year. 
So my neurosurgeon um, decided that we needed to go ahead and schedule to get it removed. Now, this is okay. how uh, how much I was not concerned about this. This was in September that we had the conversation. He was like, you know, it's getting bigger. Your skull's not going to get any bigger. We need to go ahead and take this out, you know, while you're still mm-hmm. young and healthy. And I'm like, well, I'm in the middle of fourth quarter. I have, you know, a couple of my accounts are renewing. I have to get them through, you know, fourth quarter, you know, so can we schedule it for like the middle of January? Because then I would have gotten through fourth quarter and then I'll clean up any mistakes that I had within the two weeks. Then I'll feel comfortable taking six weeks off to heal and recuperate. All right. So basically you wanted to live your own personal death of a salesman. <laughs> kind of. I didn't mean to, but, you know, I, I really did not think it was a big deal, you know. Okay, true. I mean, we all watch Grey's Anatomy, and yeah. that is real life, and we know benign means not cancer. Fine, mm-hmm. you'll take it out, but it's not killing me. Girl, I get you. Exactly. And those sales bonuses in fourth quarter, get your paper. Hit your exactly. number. Hit your number. <laughs> yes, exactly. I get it. So, you know, I went in January 17th for my surgery. Um, I woke up. When I woke up, I felt like I hadn't been under for a long time. And I remember, you know, I started panicking. And I was like, Mom, what did they say? Mom, what did they say? And she was like, I don't know. We're waiting for the doctors to come. And, you know, I it just didn't, you know, something felt off. And then, you know, the neurosurgeons came in, and it was a whole team of them, and they were like, yeah, we went to go ahead and remove the tumor, put a little bit under a microscope, and realized that it wasn't a brain tumor. It was lymphoma. Oh, my God. I immediately started crying. Here I am. I'm a 34-year-old, never been married, no kids, by all accounts, healthy woman, you know, never had a history of cancer in my family at all. Nobody in my family, in my family line, has ever had cancer. I did not know what to do. You know, I started to cry, and I think I, you know, for 15 seconds I cried, then I stopped, and I was like, you know, they don't have all day to be waiting on me to get done crying, so stop crying, Put gather yourself together, and let's figure this out. So I stopped, and I was like, yes. okay. Am I going to die? They said, I think we've caught, we caught it in enough time to treat it. And, you know, it's going to entail a long treatment process. But, you know, as long as you're ready to fight, you know, you'll be fine. And I said, you know, I looked at my mom. My mom was trying to hold herself together as much as possible. And I, I said, Mom, we're going to beat this. And I had been battling that since then. January 17th. So, okay. And so what I want to do is let's skip the middle chapter and go mm-hmm. to the end because I'm sure everybody wants to know, how are you right now? I am doing very well. I'm still in the process of recovering, getting my energy up, my stamina. But most of my treatments are done, thank God. So, yeah, I'm doing very well considering. That is Really great. So when do you get your first, you know, all clear? Well, I got my first all clear. And Won't he do so, it? 
<laughs> exactly. You know, I got my first all clear. You know, there's still a couple of things that they see on the MRI, so we're just going to end up honestly monitoring that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you are still here with us. I am very glad that you have the energy and the willingness to talk to us today. And mm-hmm. we are, we're not even at the halfway mark yet. We've still got 45 seconds to the halfway mark. So I want to talk about what, what this could have cost you and mm-hmm. then what it wound up costing you, given everything you had in place. So um, with everything that I had in place, um, this could have been so much more because my um, chemo sessions were inpatient. So every mm-hmm. time I went to get chemo, I was in the hospital admitted for five days. Oh, wow. So I'm sure you can imagine how much that cost. I'm well over the total treatment costing over a million dollars, well over a million dollars. So far, out of pocket, I have probably incurred less than $5,000. I need your insurance. Wow. 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 That is with two insurance plans and... Honestly, it, it might, it's horrible to say this, but I might end up, after my critical illness insurance comes through, actually making money off of this. That's crazy. Is, what is, uh, what is yeah. critical illness insurance? Is that, is that different than health insurance? Yes. Critical illness insurance is a, basically a one-time payment that the insurance company gives you um, if you have one of the critical illnesses that they've listed, like invasive cancer, a tumor, heart uh, stroke, uh, a heart attack, they have a, basically a list of seven illnesses where bas- if you get any one of the seven, they give you mm-hmm. a check, and it goes from, depending on how much you get, from $5 all the way up to 50000 Oh, wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's helpful because I'm, I'm, I think that they're assuming that you're going to lose time from work and that mm-hmm. you're going to have to be paying a lot of that out of pocket. Um, yeah. You are a veteran, so first, mm-hmm. thank you for your service. Um, thank so you. So you had insurance through the VA and through your yes. employer. Yes. That's amazing. But even though out of a million dollars, $5,000 is a drop in the bucket, like it's mm-hmm. barely a drop, $5,000 for a lot of households, for a lot of people, is a lot of money. It's to still a lot of money. Of, in a year. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about uh, a little bit about how you handled those expenses? Uh, did you already mm-hmm. have savings? Um, mm-hmm. What? I, like, I, I'm not trying to write a check for $5,000. <laughs> yeah, so I had, my, I had my health insurance through my employer. I had health insurance mm-hmm. through the VA. I had a life insurance uh, policy that I took out like four or five years ago. I had my critical illness insurance, and I had I had my mutual fund and savings that I basically was working on for like the last three or four years. Because before so that, I was a spend, I was a spendthrift. Oh really, really? So how did you change <laughs> you know your spendthrift ways? Girl, you know okay, how I love so since you guys don't know CVA. Um, she is a shoe addict. Carrie Bradshaw has mm-hmm. nothing on this woman. This woman has an entire room 
in her home dedicated to just shoes. And yes. you probably own what, like 100, 200 pairs of shoes? Oh, 300. I've, I know oh, I've God. gone 400, 500, you know, and then I try to be charitable and give about 100 to 200 away. And then I'll feel like, okay, it's not that bad. Because if you say 500, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. You say two to 300, it's like, oh, gosh, okay, it's not as bad. You know something, though? I'm not even mad at you because <laughs> you had that many shoes, but yet were still prepared with your life insurance, with your emergency mm-hmm. fund, with your mutual fund. This is what I talk about when I'm talking about prioritizing. It is okay to value whatever you value. Don't let anybody make you feel ashamed for valuing what you value. Um, and putting your money towards that. But, you know, mm-hmm. you probably don't spend on a whole lot of other things because you spend on shoes, but you also make sure yeah, you're financial. I don't in order. go out. I don't drink. You know, I don't really go out a lot. I might go out once one week, one day every month. So I don't spend a lot, you know, on other things. I might, tr- you know, travel, take about two trips a year, mm-hmm. but that was pretty much it. So my strategy before the cancel was, you know, Every month you have to put at least $2,000 in your mutual fund. And I know you're going to ask, mutual fund, why not savings? You know, when when you have a weakness like I do where you like Uh to buy pretty shoes, you have to Uh almost trick yourself. With my mutual fund, (laughs) yeah, with my mutual fund, if I say, okay, I want to buy a pair of shoes, let me pull out some money, it's going to take three days for that to clear, for the sale of stock to clear. (laughs) So you have yes. three days to really think, do I really need this? Yes. As opposed to a I savings am... account where I can take my card and swipe it. Girl, you are my spirit animal because I hide money from myself all the time. All the time. <laughs> I actually took my money and put it in an out-of-state bank without a debit card, with no access to it, with no access to branches. You have to do that. I had to because when it was with Chase, my checking account was with Chase and my savings account was with Chase, and um, I had a mutual fund. The mutual fund was fine. I didn't take from that, but my savings account never got over like two thousand, three thousand dollars because mm-hmm. of You're always happened. spending. Um, like New York City subway signs happened. So mm-hmm. many different things happened to my savings mm-hmm. that I had it had to go. It had to go away. Um, yeah. So. I I applaud you. You know yourself, mm-hmm. you, and you set your life up to protect yourself from yourself. I exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, I did several things within the last two years to change, you know, my financial picture. You know, mm-hmm. I was contributing towards my 401K, but I was putting in what I was told you're supposed to put in, which is 6%. And then when Uh I really started thinking about it and planning, you know, I said, this is how much I want to have when I retire. This is a lifestyle that I want to maintain. What do I need to do? And they're like, boo-boo, if this is what you want to do, you need to be putting about 9% every paycheck. And I was like, you know what, I'll give you one better. I'll give you 10. So I changed my 401K contributions to 10%. And I don't, like I said, I don't intend to retire for another 30 years. So, you know, with that, with my mutual fund investments, you know, I feel like in 30 years I will be comfortable enough with retiring. I feel you on that. 
mm-hmm. I want to talk about the um, the insurance side of it because okay. a lot of us have life insurance through our job. We get the mm-hmm. short-term or long-term disability through our job. What? Um, Here, that what? is not. It is not a good idea to rely on that. One, because if you leave that job, you're not taking that life insurance with you. I can attest and to that because in I most just, cases, I... in most cases, you're given about a hundred thousand. If you have, uh-huh. if you're married and you have children. I'm assuming that if anything happens to you, you want to leave them at least semi-comfortable, maybe pay off the house, you know, bury you. You're looking at a little bit more than 100000 So I personally mm. did not want to rely on that because I don't know when I'm going to change companies. So sure. I got my own policy and I got it when I was healthy, which is great mm-hmm. because now I'm always going to have this pre-existing condition, which is going yeah. to impact the health rating I get. And with your health rating, that determines what your premiums are going to be. So basically, yeah. the younger you are and the healthier you are, that will make it um, cheaper for you to get life insurance, disability insurance, and critical illness insurance, all of that. Absolutely. I'm just learning about critical illness insurance from you, and so mm-hmm. now I think that's going to be the next part of my portfolio. I have the long-term disability. I have the life insurance. Um, one of the things that's kind of expensive piece of this is long. Did you also have long-term care insurance? Yes, I had short-term and long-term. Wait, short-term and long-term disability. I had the insurance through my employer, which was the standard a hundred thousand. Oftentimes, long-term care is what um, like elderly people get, so they can be in a um, oh 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 hospice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like hospice or or a facility or? No, I did not get long-term care. And honestly, like, I did find little holes here and there in my Mm -hmm. financial plan. You know, Mm -hmm. like, for instance, right now I really would like to get more insurance because I got, I think, 300000 at the time. I really would like to take it to 500 or more. Mm You know, that's something long-term care that I would like to look into, one, because I don't have kids. So if anything were to happen, you know, I would want, you know, a facility to be able to take care of me and not bankrupt me at the same time. So, you know, there are certain things that I would like to do. And the reason why I tell people to do it when they're young and healthy or even just healthy, period, is because now I can't do anything. Nobody will touch me insurance-wise. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe in another two years, you know, after I've shown them I'm really in remission and nothing's going to happen and I'm not at risk for dying, mm-hmm. somebody would insure me, but it's still always going to be a little bit more expensive for me and because of pre-existing be, condition. And you're also going to be two years older, and with the actuarial tables, exactly. the, more the more that Closer to 40, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, closer to 40 mm-hmm. than 30, all of a sudden that price keeps going up, up, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, how did you know to put all of this together? I mean, you got, how many years ago did you put together the life insurance, the disability insurance? Um, you said you About got four or five years ago. Wow, so you had um, this wasn't so you yeah, had no because, idea this would ever come. How did you know back no. then to do this? Um, back then I did it because I was in the military 
and I was deploying, and I had my standard SGLI, which is a service member group life insurance policy for 400000 through the military. But I wanted to have more because I said, you know what, just in case anything happens, I want my mom to be taken care of. I want my brother, you know, everybody to be taken care of. So I went and got a private policy for 300000 Okay. When I got back from my deployment in 2011, that was when I started looking into disability insurance. And did you and use your disability insurance while you were um, while you were going through treatments? No, I did not. Just because okay. by the time with my um, Okay. At the time, I was living through, you know, using my savings to supplement my short-term disability, and the whole idea was once I get my critical illness payout, you know, that will help to pay off the last of my medical bills and then recoup some of the costs that I um, ended up giving out. So, like I told you, I'm still fighting for my critical illness insurance, so till I know where that's going, I'm not touching anything else. That that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. can I ask about, like, how, you know, that you hear the typical, say, three to six months of living expenses in case something happens. Um, in terms of that, that framework, months of living expenses, how much did you mm-hmm. have stashed before this happened if you've been living on savings for, to supplement the disability for a good portion of the year? Well, I definitely had my six months emergency okay. fund, and then I had my investments, in the, uh, my mutual fund, my investments, and then my insurance, insurances. <laughs> so you, so had, I was, you had the I was, six months, you had a backup to that, and then a backup to that. Yeah, I did. So, you know, that really, really helped. That was great. Okay, we are coming up on the two-minute mark, and so... I want to give you a chance to, is there anything that you want people to know um, when it comes to health and being prepared for the worst case scenario? Yes. Here's the thing, guys. You never know what's going to happen. You can be healthy and tomorrow drop down with a stroke or heart attack or anything like that. You know, so you have to at this point in time, as you're listening to this podcast, I want you to think, if anything happened to me today, what's going to happen to my debt? What's going to happen to my bills? You know, what's going to happen to my kids, my spouse? You know, are they going to be taken care of? And you need to look at your whole financial picture. You need to look at your income. You need to look at your savings, your investments, your insurance. You know, do you have enough of it? And they're many different kinds of insurances out there that can really cover you where you will not miss a beat if anything happens. Like if you get into a car accident and you get injured, you know, that's where that disability insurance can come in and pay you as, you know, depend on how much you take out, like my brother right now, it'll give him about $6,000 a month. You know, so just look at, yeah, many people can live on that, you know. So you just have to look at, putting those contingencies in place to make sure that your loved ones are taken care of. All right. Well, we have done it. We have done a 30-minute podcast. This was fun. 
Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you. Uh, thank you for being my first. Uh, you will not be <laughs> no my last. No problem. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Oh, of course. Like, you were the one to kick this off. It was just so perfect. Facebook status lent itself to it. So, <laughs> my, my Fitbit is telling me that time is up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And join us next time on Open Mouth Get Fed podcast. And before the next one, make sure you check out the blog, read, comment, share, like, do all that good stuff. Thanks. Bye, everyone. How do I turn off this stupid recording?